Well, if there are, you're welcome to be dismissed. If they're not already in the back, and uh, Pastor Maybar come and give God's word to us at this time. And uh, when we're finished, there'll be plenty of things to refresh yourselves with if you'd like to stay or if you'd like to go. We'll look forward to that time together. All right, let's study God's word on prayer tonight. Good evening. Good evening. Normally when I'm speaking in Spanish, sometimes it takes me three times to get the word right. And tonight it took me three times to get my password right. <laughs> so I'm consistent. Consistently inconsistent. Pastor Tim asked me to give a, uh, a devotion on prayer, and uh, it just makes sense to me to go to the book of Colossians since that well, that's what we're studying during our Bible hour in the M&M's class. So for my M&M's friends, this is sort of like a preview of the next section, uh, and we will uh, dig into it deeper in during that Bible hour. But today. This is not meant to be a critique on anybody's form of prayer. What it's meant is to look at a, a prayer, one of Paul's prayers, and how he prayed for the brethren. Scripture admonishes us to pray according to the will of God, correct? So we're going to use Paul, one of Paul's prayers as an example in the hopes that it's going to trigger something in us to pray in the same fashion. Uh, one of the best ways to avoid apostasy, to avoid sin, to avoid apathy is to grow. Right? If we continue to grow, we're, we're just moving forward and increasing and, and bearing fruit and we just continue in our appetite. As we grow, our appetite for the word gets more and more and more and there's just a transformation that takes place. And we sort of leave everything else, everything else in the dust. What do I mean by that? I'm going to use a, uh, I, I'm not a horse race guy. Okay, but I like Secretariat. Secretariat is a beautiful horse. A, a, a chestnut red or brownish with a white patch on her head. She's a beautiful horse. And she is a triple crown winner. So she, she won the Kentucky Derby. She run the, won the Belmont Stakes. And then when she got to the Preakness... She, she wasn't normally, she was supposed to be held back for a while, and then finally when she got like halfway around, she was to let her go and let her run. Secretariat bolted out in the beginning, and then her owner was, was surprised that she was going so fast so soon. The competition was excited about it because they thought that Secretariat was going to get winded as she went around the corner and... 
That horse got that lead, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And she was just running and running and running. The more she led, the stronger she got, and she kept on running. She, her, her lead stands as a record to this day. Is how the, the, the amount of, what do they call it? They call it lengths, horse lengths, or something like that between, it's an incredible amount. And she just, she wasn't satisfied with three lengths or 10 lengths or 50, it was like 30 something lengths that she had above her competitor. And the competitor's owner was just like flabbergasted that Secretariat could run like that. Paul has this young church, and this church never met Paul, yet there's a discipleship relationship between Paul and the Colossian church. And at this point in chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says for this reason. Well, the first thing we need to do is ask, what is the reason that Paul is referring to? Well, it's the growth that's happening in verses 1 through 8. This is a church that's growing in, in, in faith in Jesus Christ, okay, and love for all the saints. They're, they're bearing fruit, and they're growing, and, and their testimony is an encouragement to Paul and to Timothy, and, and he's just praising God for them. He's thanking God for them. And then we get into his prayer in verse 9. Now, this is a church that's doing well. Okay, they're doing well. This isn't a church that, that's struggling. They are, they are being confronted with Gnosticism, and, and that's why Paul uh, keyed in on, on the deity of Christ or the, the preeminence of Christ in verses 15 and on, but we're not going to get there. So they, they were dealing with some cultural things. Nevertheless, they're growing, and Paul doesn't say, okay, you're good. Just maintain the pace. Go, 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 go. So let's pray, and then I'm, I hope that I can share this prayer with you in a logical fashion. Lord God in heaven, we come before you this evening with thanksgiving. Lord, we love you. We need you. We know that without you, we are nothing. Lord, we know also that you want us to know you more and more each day. And along with that knowledge of you comes transformation. Lord, I pray that we might be able to learn from this prayer as Paul and his joy prayed unceasingly for this young church to grow. Help us to understand. Help us to sharpen our prayer life so that we could pray according to your will for the brethren. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you ever hear somebody say, pray for sister so-and-so? Of course, pray for brother so-and-so. My question is, what are we praying for? Now again, this isn't a critique on anybody's prayer. Hopefully this is an encouragement on how to pray more, more effectively. And so when we were in Panama, no Noelia, bless her heart, she would always say, pray for my neighbor. I'm like, 
Well, Noelia, what, what are we praying for? Well, she has this, that, and the other thing. And so, okay, so it's a specific prayer. And you're going to find out that Paul's prayer, he's praying for things. Not, I, I just pray for the church in Colossae. He's praying for certain things. We should pray for certain things. When we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, we should pray for certain things according to the will of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, <clears throat> excuse me, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There's a lot going on here, and I'll, I'll try to be succinct. <clears throat> Again, he says, for this reason. That's referring back to what he stated in verses 1 through 8. That testimony of the Colossian church. They were doing well. They were growing. They were bearing fruit. They had faith in Jesus Christ, and they had love for all the saints. They were doing well. Since the day that we heard, what? We heard of their faith and their love. We have not ceased to pray for you and ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. I have a leaky sink in the basement. And I'm, you know, I'm a frugal kind of guy, so I put a little catch basin there under that drip, 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 so that when I'm ready to do a load of laundry, I just reach into the laundry sink and I take out that container that's filled to the brim with water. I normally spill some of it because it's filled to the top. And I put it in the washing machine because I'm not going to waste that water. I could just let it go down the drain, but I, 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 hey, I got it. It's like a half a gallon here, and, psh, and that's a half a gallon less that the washer needs to use. I'm sorry? <laughs> but my point is it's filled to the rim. By the time I'm ready to use it, it can't take another drop. It's filled. Another drop will make it overflow. That's what Paul is praying for them at this point. That they would be filled with what? With the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Can we know the will of God? Certainly. How does it start? Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that what? You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's number one. We present our bodies unto God a living sacrifice. Here I am. I'm yours. Do with me as you may. Step two, we're not to be conformed to this world. We're not to allow this world to, to, to push us into that mold but what are we to do? We are to renew our mind that we might know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? We can know. 
But it costs something. Paul is praying that these brethren be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That word understanding has the idea of putting things together, being able to put things together. And obviously these would be spiritual things. Understanding what God's will is. Now look, so that, here's the purpose. So don't forget, this is a letter Paul wrote to them and how he's saying how he prays for them. So that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. We can park there and, and what's it mean to walk worthy of the Lord? We have a discipleship book that's called The Walk. What does it deal with? Our daily practice. Our daily practice. That's the idea of when, and we see that word walk in here, it's talking about not, not, our, not our gait, but the way we live our lives in front of everyone else. So that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. F friends, the way we live our, our lives is a reflection of our faith. Is it not? Follow I can follow Harry Dot around for three days and I can, I, I, I can tell where his faith is. Our faith should be a normal outgrowth of what we do every day. Our priorities, the way what we do with our finances, how we, how we interact with one another, how we interact with unbelievers. Our faith should be obvious. And that is what Paul is praying. So that you walk in a manner worthy of of the Lord to please him oh my to please him in all respects to please him in all respects some translations might say aspects aspects of our life I named a few our finances the way we interact with others the way we interact with unbelievers the, the way we work Paul is praying that they would please the Lord in all respects. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This, these folks are already bearing fruit. Paul wants them. Paul encourages them. Paul is praying that they would bear more fruit. Go with me real quick to 1 first, first Timothy. No, I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 it's very similar to what, it, to what Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians to do here uh, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 says, Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But what? Is Paul satisfied with that? No. What's he saying? But I urge you, but we urge you, excuse me, brethren, 
to excel still the more. Go. Love more. You're loving great. Love more. This is part of Paul's prayer to the Colossians, or for the Colossians, excuse me. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So folks, I mean, in a nutshell, if, if we would do a, a summary of this passage, it's Paul is praying for their growth. Paul is praying for their growth. They're doing well. He's encouraged with their testimony of love and faith for in faith in Jesus Christ and love for all the saints and the hope that they have and that they're bearing fruit. He's encouraged by it. He's just praying that they would do even more. Strengthened with all power, verse 11 says, according to his glorious might, not in your flesh, not in your wisdom, our strength comes from the Lord. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of steadfastness and patience joyously. That word steadfastness is the, is the word hupomone, which is joyful perseverance. Staying under a weight joyfully. The other word, patience, that's the word makathrumia, which means patience with people. Sometimes it's translated long-suffering, and that's with people. Brethren, we need to be patient with one another. We need to, to have macrothromia one with the other because there are no gems here, right? There are no gems. We all have, we are, we are broken vessels. And through that time of growth, God repairs our broken vessel and makes us like the image of his son. So we need to be patient with one another. Giving thanks. Paul prays that they would be thankful. And he gives the reason why. Giving thanks, verse 12 says, to the Father who has qualified us. This is really neat here. Who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. God did it. How did God qualify us? Let's read a little bit more. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. How did he qualify us and how did he rescue us? With blood. Right? With blood. It was a big price to pay. A perfect man died. His name was Jesus Christ. God in flesh. Now again, keep in mind, Paul has never visited this church. He got the report from Epaphras, and that report from Epaphras encouraged him, so he's writing back to them, and he's dealing with these things here, saying how he prays for them. He just wants them to grow more. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. If you buy a car, if you buy a house, there's a title, there's a deed. Normally it's in person A's name 
and we want to get it transferred into our name, which shows that we are the rightful owners of it now. In Panama, we call that traspaso, the transfer the name from the, the previous owner to the new owner. He rescued us, it says, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He did it. He made that transfer. And this is one of the reasons why he's praying that the Colossians would be thankful, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Folks, so when we pray, let's pray specifically. The idea here is we're, we're, we're sort of focusing on revival. What's the best way to have revival? Grow. Grow. First of all, in me. You've heard it said, revival starts in me. Well, it does. That's the truth. But I pray for my brothers and I pray for my sisters that they would grow. That they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That they would walk in a manner that would please him in all aspects of their life. That they would bear fruit in every good work and that they would increase in the knowledge of God that they would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, that they would be thankful for what God has done in their lives. Grow, grow, grow. Again, that's just one of Paul's prayers. But it's obvious that he's concerned with their growth. So should we be concerned with our growth as a body, right? So that God will be pleased, so that his word will continue to go out, so that we would continue to make disciples, that we would see the importance of that, that we would bear fruit in every good work and please him, and that we would walk in a manner worthy. Lord God in heaven, I thank you for allowing me this time to just share with the brethren your word. Lord, we need to grow. We all need to grow. Paul dedicated his life. Paul spent time in prison. Paul spent time in the sea. It didn't deter him, Lord. He moved forward. And he continued to love the brethren and exhort and teach the brethren, albeit he was in prison. Lord, burden our hearts to pray for one another, to pray specifically, to pray that we would grow and mature in the faith and that we would have boldness and strength that comes from you and only you, for we need that to do your work. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us and transferring us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, where we have redemption through
through your son the forgiveness of sins. We praise these things and thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Mark, very, very much. Let's do that tonight. Let's have, uh, we'll get a couple microphones if that's possible. I don't know if we can get those fired up. Ben's got one already. Um, Let's just pray through um, Colossians uh, chapter 1 that Pastor Mark would just like to have a volunteer to just pray for our congregation in light of these truths. And then over in Ephesians chapter 6, if you want to flip over a couple pages back to the left, beginning in verse 18, um, 19 and 20. I wonder if we could have someone just read over that text and then offer to volunteer to pray for our congregation. Um, it's a great exhortation tonight to, uh, to teach us how to pray. And the, God gives us some good Bible content of what to pray for. And if you really want to know how to pray for the flock, um, Pray Pauline prayers, which are often found in the first chapters of his letters. But in Ephesians 6, there's one found at the end. There's in Colossians chapter 4, there's another one. In chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, they're all over. We've often mentioned in prayer meeting that if you want to get D.A. Carson's book, just simply called Praying with Paul, um, that would really enhance your prayer life to get a hold of that volume and uh, pay attention to how he teaches us. Paul prayed so we can pray in that manner. So we just have a volunteer real quick to to pray these truths for our congregation uh, in Colossians chapter 1 and Ephesians 6. Just real quick, two volunteers just to pray these words on our behalf of our flock. Anyone real quickly. All right, Ben, you have a microphone. You could start. Who'd like to pray Ephesians 6, uh, 18, 19, and 20? Jeff, would you do that for us tonight? Jeff Ashton. All right, let's go to prayer and then we'll just kind of... Address different topics before our Lord tonight as we wrap up the rest of our time in prayer as we go along in our prayer emphasis month. All right, go ahead, Ben. You can go first.